it's not a question of are you going to be sustainable it's more of an expectation i think that the consumers you know us being consumers too have become way more savvy and way more aware and hold you know things like being able to be recyclable and being a sustainable product as something that they value and that they look for. So for businesses, you know, whether they're emerging or they're existing, to not be sustainable, it's almost like, what are you doing? Hi, everyone. We're so excited to have you back today is, even though this is a little bit out of order, I'm just so happy because this is like the first episode where Candace, our new co-host, and I get to really sit together and talk just about how this podcast really even came to inception and just some of the exciting things that have happened and, you know, exciting things to come in the future. And not only that, but amazing insights just about like beauty and sustainability that we've just been like dying to share with you. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, Candice, okay, from now on, you might just hear me call her hashtag wifey because that's who she is. I love you. (laughs) I love you. On a previous episode, um, you know, she came in and talked about PR, like to PR or not to PR. And one of the things that she said so graciously is that she actually enjoys being behind the scenes. And she really does enjoy being behind the scenes, but Candace is just someone who needs to not be behind the scenes all the time. She's <laughs> spotlight worthy. And that's actually, that was not a pun intended. That <laughs> your company. <laughs> you are so worthy. Well of- done. <laughs> that was an accident, um, but well-deserved accident. Um, I think, you know, she's somebody who really deserves to be in the spotlight because when we, when I created the Intellectual Podcast, Candace is actually the one that I called and I said, listen, I've been really wanting to do a podcast for a long time. And, you know, there have been several attempts, but none of them really worked out. And I think I'm ready now. Let's talk about this. And so she was like, okay, well, tell me what you want to do. And I was just like, um, okay, let's see. Head explosion moment. That explosion (laughs) moment. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that's so important to me and, and the reason why I started Amethyst Skincare and the reason why I started the podcast is because I've traveled the world so much. And I've seen firsthand just where the world is heading. If we don't make dramatic change as quickly as possible, you know, so many of you have probably heard me share this story, but I'll never forget working in Beijing, China on one of like the red flag worst pollution days of the year. And, you know, my body wasn't used to it and I was freaking out and my feet were sweating to try to detox. I couldn't breathe. Like, you know, I was really having issues. And I realized in that moment that, you know, the world was in trouble and that personal care products have a lot to contribute to that. And it's not just a China problem. China is just where we're seeing the effects of this problem. It's a worldwide problem and we have to do something. So in order to cause change, we have to effectively be the voice. So how could we help business owners? How could I help business owners in the beauty space? How can I help the environment? How could I help influencers all use the strengths in the resources, tools, and voices we have to make change. And really the best way is just to make a voice. And that came in the form of a podcast. So Candace was the one that really just inspired me to take the leap and do this. And um, she's been behind the scenes with me the whole way. And, and actually she is the one who helped come with our purpose. And, and really this intellectual podcast is all about where it's about the intersection of where 
business meets beauty. And from that inception till today, we have interviewed some of the most amazing people from influencers all the way through to some of the top beauty editors. One of the most recent episodes with Katie Jane Becker was life-changing in terms of sustainability on beauty. And that really has been driven behind the scenes by Candace. So naturally, given that she's my wifey and the behind the scenes woman who deserves to be in the spotlight, I couldn't go forward in this podcast without inviting her to be a co-host. So she agreed. I feel like we yeah. need to <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't refuse that proposal. <laughs> I couldn't say no. Oh my God. So, and it's been a fun process. It's, it's been fun to kind of see the podcast come to life and how we were outlining and setting goals and I, you know, creating our list of ideal um, guests and really yeah. being able to see them on the show now, hear them on the show. Completely. And one of the things, Kenneth, I'm sure you've noticed is that when we first started, you know, figuring out like who would be on the podcast, we looked at different buckets of topics to cover. We wanted to cover like influencers and in beauty and the business of beauty and sustainability and beauty. And we've had all of the above, but where we keep coming back is just like, everybody is so passionate about sustainability. Like, I just feel like that has to be like a section of every episode because we all have a part. Absolutely. It's, and we're all becoming more conscious of it, not just in beauty and in our beauty and self-care products, but in our homes and in our daily lives. Exactly. So Candace, what are some of your thoughts? Because, you know, everybody who listens has heard me jibber jabber now for 10 episodes. So <laughs> they know where I stand on this. Um, why don't you share? Um, I love hearing you talk. <laughs> Thanks. You just made me think of something that I can't share, but it just makes me giggle. <laughs> some people like the sound of their own voices. I'm not one of them, but um, I think, you know, it would be awesome. People probably are dying to know like what your thoughts are being again, like the, the, queen of PR in the beauty and the aesthetics. Oh, thank you. What are your thoughts on sustainability and beauty? I really feel like it's more of a given now, you know, it's not a question of, are you going to be sustainable? It's more of an expectation. I think that the consumers, you know, us being consumers too, have become way more savvy and way more aware and hold, you know, things like being able to be recyclable and being a sustainable product as something that they value and that they look for. So for businesses, you know, whether they're emerging or they're existing to not be sustainable, it's almost like, what are you doing? You know, it's not a, it, it's no longer a question of like, should we be sustainable or not? It should be a question of, we need to be sustainable. So let's figure this out because that's, that's what's being expected. And, you know, we've talked before about clean versus sustainability, right? Right. And, you know, on my end and the PR side where I'm really talking and conversing with editors a lot and looking at trends and how do they really feel, tracking their social media? What are they really looking at? What are they talking about? Um, it's apparent that, you know, quote unquote, clean beauty is become such a sort of like gimmicky term, you know, like a marketing term yeah. and no one, I, I don't think it holds the same value and clout that it did when it first came out, because now it's kind of like where sustainability is going. It's kind of like, what do you mean? You have to tell us you're clean beauty. You should, that's a given issue. You should be clean beauty. Like, what do you, 
why are you promoting that? That's like a baseline requirement. Um, I feel like it's either like, what are you doing or who are you supporting? So, okay, maybe you're not in the position to change your entire packaging supply chain, but then like, how can you help contribute in some way? Right. Like, I just feel like it's either like a a purpose or a cause or an action that's happening. I I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, the smarter and, and more savvy business owners, if they weren't able to do it up until this point, or maybe when they started, all of them should be looking in some way, shape or form to contribute to the conversation. And I think that's the exciting thing about this podcast is that it's about growing the conversation. So sustainability now, especially in the beauty industry, has become more commonplace. There are now in the beauty awards, there are now, you know, sections dedicated to sustainable beauty awards which is great. It's become a little more mainstream. It's so good. But what was surprising to me, and I'm I'm surprised that I'm surprised because I'm close to the space, but I was legitimately shocked to see like how competitive it has become for who's the most sustainable, but like how strict the criteria are. Like beauty editors and companies, like I look at Credo Beauty in for this, like like the criteria that consumers want and that editors are looking for are so strict and I'm happy for that. Like it's hard to be a brand owner and, and comply to everything, but at the yeah. same time, like if there's not that set of standards, then change doesn't happen. Right. And it, it says something when bigger companies, like you see bigger brands like a dove, you know, doing those, uh, refillable deodorants. Um, Katie talked, I mean, she was such a great guest, right? Such a wealth of information and really at the forefront, she sees these products before they get into consumers hands, before they hit the shelves. So it's amazing to have that insight and being able to hear from her about well-known brands and niche brands doing really exciting things in the world of sustainability beyond just packaging. But, you know, we talked a lot about refillable tubes and, you know, cartridges that are really exciting to see. And I think that says a lot when you see the bigger companies also making that shift, because in a way they, I don't want to say that they lead the way, but that's when you know that impact is being, there's an impact being made or that the consumer's voice is being heard because they're shifting towards the more sustainable brands. And so bigger companies that maybe have more of the market share are now forced to make that shift. I totally agree. And I think, you know, that's going to also start trickling down. Like even, you know, as much as I've been quote unquote green, I'm realizing I really wasn't until <laughs> until I started really looking closely again as like a brand founder and Candace, I remember you told me like when you first were introduced to Amethyst, you you know, that was the first time you were hearing of companies like Four Ocean or Terracycle, not Terracycle, but some others. And, you know, it probably caused you, like it's caused me to look at like what we're doing at home even because it's like one of the Absolutely. main, every single, so we've had beauty editors and beauty directors from almost every major beauty book come on our podcast. Thank you, Candace. Um, yes. <laughs> no, thanks them. I mean, the fact yeah. that they're willing to give of their time, uh, you know, major ones like Katie and April Franzino. I mean, they're... Jenny Bud came on. Jenna Rosenstein came on. Yeah, they're, they've been amazing in sharing of their time. They've been amazing. But one of the things that has been common of everybody's feedback has just been like, it is 
we all kind of have this dream for change, but it's this collective change that's happening. So like, if you're a brand and you can only get rid of your plastic tops, then okay, do that. But if all the other brands do that too, now we have change in action. Those are plastic tops that don't go to landfill. Or if you right. can donate half a percent of your sales, do it because you're going to join the 2% of sales from another brand and now it's two and a half percent. And so it's the small collective measures that really are going to build the momentum needed to be the catalyst for sustainable change in beauty and in, in across, well, outside of beauty, across everything we do. So today being Earth Day, today's Earth Yay. Day recording this, you're not going to hear this for a couple more weeks, but um, that's okay. We're recording this on Earth Day. And, you know, I want to talk for a few minutes just about Candace, like what are some of the things you're doing at home? that may have been sustainable changes to what you used to do? Well, I will say the two biggest changes, because I think for us, we, we have two little kids and um, four and six. And so it's about like, making incremental changes that are small so that we can maintain them. I'm not doing like a whole haul. So the two biggest changes are for quite a while now, we've been using refillable water bottles. So I like the ones that keep your drink cold, you know, the cool canisters, but, um, you know, we use refillable water bottles for the kids, whether they be at home or they're going to school and then, um, and for ourselves as well. So we don't, we do not buy plastic water bottles anymore in the house. Um, there was a time when I would buy the smaller water bottles just to offer to people who maybe stopped by the house or were helping out. Um, but I actually don't do that anymore either. And then the more recent change also, again, having little kids and like snack packs that you're taking all the time or sending to school with them. We went through Ziploc bags. Like I can't, I can't even tell you how quickly we were going through both the snack size and the sandwich size Ziploc bags. And then uh, we just finally got sick of it and what talks and looked at, talked to people. We looked at multiple options and we finally got um, some different sizes of zip top, which is a brand. There's a couple different brands, but to be honest with you, we were, it was hard to find ones that were made in the U S even though a lot of them are like BPA free and, you know, but we, it was just important for us that they were made in the U S and so this brand is, um, and they're great and you can get them in the snack size. You can get them in little containers that stand up on a table, so we send those to school with the kids. We will pack them in our bags in the weekend as like snacks in the car and on the go. Um, and even though we have glass containers at home where like we're, we're putting our um, like any extra food in, you know, Tupperware, mm -hmm. we, those can also be used as double up as Tupperware. So they're like multi-purpose and I love them. That's amazing. But I mean, again, it's even that small change because guess what? I just did the same thing for the same reason. I got so tired of putting goldfish or right? <laughs> those little organic like, cheddar bunnies that yes, smushing always on my floor. Like, we're <laughs> the bottom of the car for me. Oh, God, the worst. <laughs> Better than stepping on Legos at night. Um, <laughs> it happens to me on more than one occasion. <laughs> we, um, you know, I was so tired of wasting these plastic bags because at school they just throw them away. Maybe they're recycling, but who knows if it actually who knows? Yeah. Whole other conversation for another episode. But I just bought the same bags so that we can alleviate that. I would rather wash and reuse than put plastic 
to a landfill right now. So it's so easy. You just put dump them in the dishwasher. I feel like it's such a, like a no brainer. I totally agree. So we did that and then we switched to bamboo toilet paper. So how's that? It's the same. (laughs) Is it it softer? (laughs) But it's about the same. I mean, it doesn't feel like Charmin, but it's not bad. Like there's toilet paper that's worse than that. But it doesn't feel like bamboo either. No. (laughs) It's It's gentle. It's It's gentle. Um, But the thing is, is that it takes 20 years, you know, when you cut down a tree, it takes 20 years to regrow that tree. And it takes, you know, sometimes I think that I could be wrong, but I think the statistic is like, it takes a hundred trees to do a batch of toilet paper for a company. I don't know. It's a lot. And so they may replant the trees, but it's 20 years before they grow back and bamboo yeah. back like in 30 days. So um, it's just for us a more sustainable change and, and we're happy about that. So there's other stuff we're doing too. There's a company, Candace, we should probably invite them for interview. It's called The Grove. Oh yeah. And they have, um, I signed up for their subscription and they've been sending me all kinds of goodies. So I now got compostable bags for the kitchen. So, you know, when you're cutting veggies, which I hate doing. Totally. We've wanted to compost, but it's, and we've talked about it too, but it's hard because like it'll start smelling and you got to get the right equipment. I feel like you've got to get the right equipment really do but i got inspired to do it because they have these bags where it, it kind of stops that from happening so it's compostable bag that you put all your kitchen waste inside that's compostable you just wrap it up and put it in your compost bag. and so i haven't tried them yet um but i will be and so again collect a change if anyone else out there that if you're listening and you're composting please let us know hit us up if you've got pointers on how to make it not because yeah. that might be the next sustainable change we do in the house yeah we already we started a quarantine garden like everybody else as my son says he's like we started with a little patch on the side but <laughs> now it's like taking over the front yard and the backyard like everywhere you turn but at the moment i have broccoli growing green beans beets oh, celery really? oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah it's, which has actually kind of been it's been fun and you know in the sense of like sustainable being sustainable in your food too and not wasting i i hate i absolutely hate food waste one of my biggest pet peeves when we go to restaurant and there's leftover food. Like I would rather give that food to somebody who is in need than to throw away food. But I think when you have a garden and you're growing your own food, you realize, you know, first of all, it limits waste. Um, but also in, you know, I, I do want to start composting because I think it really helps the garden as well. Mm, You know, your land. Exactly. It really does. So you know, there's a lot of changes, but again, these are collective changes that if we all do a little something, eventually they catch up. And in the meanwhile, we are going to be interviewing game changers and decision makers when it comes to things like improving the end-to-end waste cycle, the recycling cycle. We're looking at having beauty packaging experts on and really just creating unity among the people in the industry. So one of the things we spoke about on a previous episode, um, I believe this was with Katie actually, was with like, okay, if you have Unilever and L'Oreal and PNG and Colgate Palmolive, like you've got these big companies that have huge assets that have the money to source and find resources that can create change, but they may not, because they're so big, they may not have the ability to implement these things where smaller companies can. Like to change the supply chain in a big company takes years. It can take three years, five years, but a business like ours that's small or 
um, other smaller businesses don't take that long. Our supply chains aren't that in depth because of our size. So, you know, how can we get these bigger companies working with us and us working with them to take these resources and help each other all hit the same goals at the same time. So that's really on our radar. And we're looking to have people here to share their insights and perspectives on how to make that happen. So if you are an influencer with a voice, if you are a media person with a voice, if you are a beauty brand founder, if you are passionate about sustainability and business. If you're not in our industry, we welcome you to continue to follow along with us because it is going to be incredible, not just from a knowledge point of view, but we will actually be helping make change and we're happy about that. So it's all about sharing resources, right? So smaller brands can not, like you said, they can make that change happen faster and maybe they're finding things also um, resources a lot faster. So bigger brands can share their knowledge of what they've found and how they've made change with the smaller and up and comers and same with the smaller startups. They can also share their input being right at the beginning and being so resourceful and scrappy sometimes. Exactly. So guys, we thank you for following along with us. We thank you for listening. If there's any person you want us to reach out to or anything you want to know about, hit us up and let us know. Otherwise, we look forward to seeing you at our next Hit episode. us on social. Yes. Send us a DM. It goes down in the DM. All right. I'm so excited, Nicole. Me too, Kenneth. Hashtag wifey. Good things to come. Bye, everyone. Bye.